So, here we are, Christmas time. I was wondering about my presents. And I remember there was once this present that I really, really loved. I was trying to think about it, and I couldn't remember what it was. I just remember I loved it. But then it came back to me. I once got a boomerang for Christmas. <laughs> no, does everyone get it? A boomerang comes back. Yeah. All right, yeah, explanation. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. I just had to tell it because I was on the way to church this morning laughing to myself. Do you ever tell yourself jokes? That's me. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> don't give up your day job. Yeah, I got it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, how good was Alison's talk last week, hey? Yeah, it was so good. Just that reminder of, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And um, it was really good. Like she did a, a demonstration uh, on stage with lots of water and stuff like that. And um, it was fun last week. There's just a young young person in here. So uh, we, we have on Tuesday, there's Young Lions is on, which is sort of like for year eight upwards. And we just do a bit of Bible study, play table tennis and stuff like that. But one of the young fellas was in church, the other two were at Sunday school last week, and he came out and did the demonstration of, of what it was to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that was really exciting. Alison, he was listening. Isn't that good? And how, when the Holy Spirit fills us, that it's not just, a, you know, we fill to the level and we stay there. It was really, you never fall until you overflow. I love that. Don't you love that? That you know, the fullness of God is not revealed in this one-off experience of who he is, but there's this ever-present, indwelling, overflowing of the Holy Spirit for us if we want it. We don't have to have it, by the way. As a Christian, you can so easily just go, you know, I'm born again, that's it. I don't need to uh, see God anymore. I've, I've made sure of my salvation. It's like, you know, you've taken out your insurance policy, and as long as you keep your premiums up, you'll be right, you get to heaven. But it takes away the enjoyment of life when you do not enter into what God has for you. And, and I was really, I, I don't know, I just love it because I love the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and I love the work of the Holy Spirit. I love how he makes us alive and excited about life. Even when things are hard, he comforts us. You know, Alison talked about that comfort of the Holy Spirit in, in circumstances. That, that's available to us as Christians. We don't have to live... Uh, the Bible says, as orphans in this world. We don't have to live as though we're, we're taken out of a family and not receiving the comfort of a father and mother. That, that's what I figure when I think of orphan. It's someone who, they can form attachments with people, but there's not that love that, that sustains and, you know, you know when you fall over, someone's picking you up and putting a Band-Aid on you and stuff like that. We're not left like that. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You know, I'm going, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And that work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is so important to shape who we are, to, to make sure that we are living the life in fullness as Jesus has promised. And part of that demonstration was the water, right? Coming out and, you know, getting out all the muck in our lives as like the Holy Spirit cleansing us, you know, like that, that feeling that, you know, Alison talked about different things that might come into our lives, like 
uh, jealousy or anger or whatever sin that it might be. And, you know, when we're not close to God, those things just seem to just sit there in our lives. But then we get this dose of the Holy Spirit when we become close to him again and it's like there's this overflow and through that washing which the bible also says the washing of the water of the word so the word of god if we we're into that but we're not into it for intellectual knowledge we're into it to get transformation in our lives there's this holy spirit cleansing of all those things in our lives and we're like this is what i used to be like i didn't really really try very hard to change but i've changed and inward transformation takes place. And that's what I wanted to talk about today a little bit. The, the <laughs> I'm going to be talking about the potter and the clay a little bit today. But, you know, putting ourselves into the Father's hands to shape us to who, we want, who he wants us to be. When you look at that, those passages in the Bible, often it's about, um, you know, that people have really walked away from him and they just got to accept the consequences you know he's the potter so he's in charge of what's in our lives but as we think about that potter and the clay picture we really see that it's all about someone shaping us to who he wants us to be or what what he wants us to look like and my daughter's taken up pottery not long ago actually before i get there in the in the spirit of um what do we call them? Object lessons. You know how Alison brought out the water and Mitch is apparently the king of object lessons. I had a chat to my wife and I said, Joe, wouldn't it be good if we got a potter's wheel up here and we reenacted the scene from Ghost? <laughs> she said no. <laughs> anyway. My daughter's recently taken up pottery. She's making beautiful things, but there was one video we were watching the other day and she's like, you see her face, she's a bit glum in the video. And <laughs> she's doing the pottery and you see her face and it's just not turning out how she likes it. And she goes like this, boom, and just squished the clay back together into this big lump. <laughs> and when I thought about that and I looked at that, I was thinking... How is it that we are shaped by God? Are we shaped by God? Certainly, in the beginning, we were made in God's image, right? So when God created the world and, and he made Adam from dust, and I guess, you know, we could say, well, clay is dust, isn't it? It's just wet dust. <laughs> yes, it's got properties, but um, it, it's, it's malleable. It's something that's easily put into shape. And so when I was thinking about that water of the Holy Spirit... That's why I was thinking about it in terms of are we shapeable by God? Because, so this is the first thought, are we shapeable by God or have we become so dry to the things of the Spirit that if a hand touched us, we would just totally shatter? We can't be moulded into what God wants us to be. We become hard-hearted, we become distressed, we become ambivalent to the things of the Holy Spirit and God can't shape us. That can happen, can't it? But more than that, I started to think about, well, what if I am a person that is moldable? The passage, while it's talking about the clay, you know, it's like, oh, we're the clay and we have to remain, you know, ready for God to work in our lives. The other problem that we have is this, that often we let someone else be the potter in our life. We don't let God shape us at all, but we have all these other things surrounding us that, that turn us into a vessel 
that is not actually fit for God's use because we, we allow other people to sit behind the potter's wheel and put their hand on our life that shapes us in a way that is not of God at all. And even worse than that, as I was thinking, I was like, you know what, sometimes I actually think that we put our hands on other people's lives to try and shape them into what we want them to be. In other words, we, we decide that we are the ones who, who needs to determine who you are, we are the ones who determine who you should be, and we, we somehow, even as Christians, sometimes as husbands, sometimes as wives, we, we squash people into the shape that we want them to be, not into someone who God wants them to be. And I wonder as we, we go through this message this morning, if we could just ponder on that a little bit in our own lives. Like obviously, first of all, am I even shapeable? Have I become so hard and bitter and angry and you know, unbelieving that I can't be shaped? Have I given God control or am I being shaped by other things? And lastly, am I actually trying to shape people into my image not allowing them to grow into God's image because there's a big difference between those two things. Um, and we don't want to be in that place because as Christians, we're not here to control anyone, are we? We're not here to make someone be something or someone. We're here to, to hopefully like allow them to be the best Christian they can be, to be the best uh, bearer of God's image that they can be so that, that husbands and wives, we're here to actually make our husband or our wife the best Christian they can be, as in the best shaped by God they can be, working in their gifts, encouraging them in their gifts, growing them as we know how. Now, there's nothing wrong with influence on people because we, we need to influence with God's word, right? And, you know, the way that we act and stuff like that. But who are we handing people over to the change? Are we going to be the ones, the agents of change, or are we going to be maybe the, the ones who are, are helping with it, you know, helping grow people, but, but ultimately we're trusting that God is the one who we want to shape that person. Because I don't know about you, but I've found that just because I think something doesn't mean it's the right thing. And just because I think you should be a certain way or do a certain thing doesn't mean that that's what God wants for your life. And it's very easy to fall into that trap because we love to control. We love to have a say. We love to let people know. But I think that God wants us to let people be who God wants them to be. Let God grow them. Let God be the one that fills them. Let God be the one that causes them to change. So here's our first passage that, that talks about the clay Isaiah 64 8 and yet O Lord you are our father we are the clay you are the potter we are all formed by your hand as Isaiah is giving out this prophecy there's this real heart that that we can trust God firstly because he is our father now he's not an earthly father he's not imperfect he is the perfect father he has everything in his heart towards us 
But we do need to realise that, that he is the one who we should be giving the right to shape our life. To come to a place of submission, no, no, God, you are the potter. I'm the clay. How many times have you stood up to God and, and demanded your rights with God to say, I want this, I want that, I, I, I want this, you should be doing this for me. Here is a suggestion for you. Surrender yourself to him. Stop fighting him. Stop fighting what God wants to do in your life. And you know what it is. There's so many times that you sit there and you think, I need to change. And we're making it all about us, but then what about how am I going to change? Put yourself into the hands of the Father. You see, the, the, the shaping of who we are at the beginning when God created Adam and Eve, he made them perfect in, in the way that they didn't know sin, they didn't know all those sorts of things, but that was broken and it's like the potter was absent from their lives from that time in a way, in the fullness of what he should be. And we as Christians have been brought into this marvellous place where we have become new creations, that, that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross was, was the point in time when we could make a decision that we no longer can live the way we want to live, that we, we can't be the same anymore, that we can't keep continuing in sin and suffering the consequences of that sin, that we needed Jesus Christ to die on the cross, to set us free, to fill us with the Holy Spirit and reshape our lives. And I love it because it's like at creation, God formed man, but at the new creation, God reforms us into his image as we submit ourselves to him. That, that, that it's like that new birth is that new creation where we are now able to be shaped again by God, especially those of us who weren't Jewish and weren't part of that, the chosen people. We are now chosen as well. That God has cut across all those years of separation from him and now if we want, we can let his hands shape us. Isn't that a good thing? Like, could you imagine that now, as, as a Christian, you are not given access to you just doing whatever you want, but you're given access to this God who is above everything, knows everything, he created you, he formed you in your, mo in the, in your mother's womb, he, he knows you intimately, and he knows what is best for you, he knows the call that's inside of you, he knows what your strengths are, he knows what what your abilities are, he knows what your spiritual gifts are and he wants to shape you into the person that he wants you to be. I love what Shannon was saying this morning, there's one bit and I'll, I'll try and remember it properly, um, about Jesus came to do what he was sent for and immediately my mind was like, did I do what I was sent for? Have I taken up the call of God, like Jesus. And man, that struck me hard. But I'm never going to do that unless I allow myself to be shaped by God into who he wants me to be. What is it, God, that you want? And so it's about this, submitting to God, resisting the devil. Don't allow what is around you to shape you. Now, let me ask you about these different areas of life that might have shaped you and made you who you are because 
let's face it, we all have hang-ups, right? We all have hangovers from family, friends, blah, 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 blah. There's things that are now in your life that if you actually looked at them through the word of God, you would have to say, that's not acceptable for me to be living that way. And I don't necessarily mean sin, although any disobedience is sin, of course. What I mean is this, is there insecurity in your life because someone shaped you to be insecure? They withdrew love from you all the time to control you, to shape you into what they wanted. So they used that. They manipulated you with words. I said before about money, did, did they withhold money so that you had no freedom? Did they tell you you were never going to be good enough and so now you're full of self-doubt? Did they go the opposite end and say, you're the best in the world and everyone else is an idiot, but you're the, you know, you're the superstar of the world, son or daughter? And how dare they ever say anything against you? You are always right. And so you're walking through this world entitled and, and above everyone else. What is it? Those things that shape you. What is it that shaped you? There, there will definitely be things in your life where you're like, not living how God wants you to live because you've been shaped by an outward influence. That could be something like family, as I've already talked about. What, what, what in your family tree has shaped you to be who you are? Oh, that's just how we are as a family, really. Where's God in that? He might be in that. But your friends that shape you, like how many of us were influenced by friends at school or even as adults, you know, where there, there seemed to be that pressure in our life that we need to conform to what they're doing to be accepted. So we had this fear of not being accepted. The media, whatever they say, you know, like it's media, 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 I just listen to what they say and, and their opinions and so that's what I'm following. It doesn't matter what realities of what God wants, whatever the media says is right. That could be social media as well. Or is it sports that's shaped you for good or bad, the, the culture around that? Is it your experience in life that shaped you and, and just made you who you are? Has something happened in your life and so you're like, I feel justified to be bitter. Now I'm just going to hold on to that. It's not always true that we're shaped by those outside things. But by golly, it's hard not to be, isn't it? Really hard not to be. And when we allow those things to shape us, we miss our God potential 100%. I was just, just even thinking about, you know, um, the relationships that we have. Some of you are in relationships, friendships, marriages, whatever, where you feel like you're constricted and you can't be who God really wants you to be. God wants to break you out of that and say, you can be. And the thing is that when I was thinking about how we're shaped by other things, and in pottery, I believe... <laughs> Actually, let's read the, first, the verse first, not the first verse. Galatians 6, 14, uh, sorry, yeah, 14 to 15. No, sorry. Go back. My bad. Philippians 1, verse 6. Here we go. I am certain 
that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. There's something amazing that God wants to do, right? There's a work that he started where? Within you. This is the joy of the Holy Spirit that Alison was talking about. The Holy Spirit living inside of us, that it's not, it's not an outward pressure upon us, but an inward expansion of Godness inside of us that we're looking for, isn't it? That inward expansion. And <laughs> I love what Bill Johnson, one a preacher, says. He says, you know, with a God so big living in someone so small, there's got to be a leak somewhere. That, that somehow that godness needs to be flowing out. It's a work that's in us. And this is really important because when I think about the shaping that comes from outside of us, as I looked at what Michaela did with her clay, the shaping the hands of, of those things that aren't of God, what happens? It collapses us. It doesn't expand us. And then I was like, how does the potter work? And this is a very simple from my own understanding, and I might be wrong, but when they're making a vessel, they have that lump of clay, but they work from the inside and expand it, don't they? Lift it up. Create a space. Create something to be filled. Create something beautiful. But the hands of those other things tend to crush us, don't they? They, they tend to, to make us less than who we were. They, they, they take away our identity of who we really are in Christ and, and, and shape it into their shape. You're going to be this shape. Let me shape you into this because that's really important. I don't want you to be free. I want you to be controlled. I want you to be less than. I, I want you to be... Shut down. I don't want you to be full. But when God starts the work, he starts it on the inside. And, and that's like, I was like, just like the potter and the clay, the potter is not there squishing things together and shaping like that, although obviously with Adam that was the, the forming. But, but the sense of the potter is that they, now I'm not very good at this, but I'm pretty sure they start, they put their thumb in and move out. And, and there's all this stuff that is moved out of the centre of our life to create a space for God to come and fill. Does that make sense? That, that, that the true potter isn't there to just make you into an image like they used to do with idols where they you know, fashion a bit of wood and make this is God. The true potter opens it up so that you can be a vessel to hold something. And that's something that we are meant to hold is the Holy Spirit. What God wants for our lives where there's this pouring back into us where it's like, now you know who you are. Now you know who you are because you've got the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit joins with your spirit and he, he testifies to your spirit that you are the sons and the daughters of God, that, that when that Holy Spirit begins to fill you, it gives you the identity of who God really made you to be. That's the inner work. That is where transformation starts, which is so important because, 
you see, the whole thing is that when we're saved, when we're born again, when we receive Jesus, it says we're no longer who we were, but we're new creations. And, and so many of us will hold on to who we were. Uh, that's just who I am. What do you mean? Who made you who you am? I'm just shy. So I never talk to anyone. And God said, no, the, the, the righteous, they're as bold as lions. You know, I'm not worthy. I'm just a nobody. No, you're the son. You're the daughter of the most high God. You know, I can't love. It's just my family never showed love and so I can't love. It's just not who I am. Ridiculous. Because those who are in God are in love. Absolutely ridiculous. All the excuses that we have for not changing. They're just excuses to say, I'm going to be shaped by something else and I'm not going to let God shape me. But here's the good news. In that verse there, it says, the one who began the good work in you is going to complete it, right? That, that, that at the moment, we're all going through transformation. We're still in the process of being changed daily as we, as we give our lives to him. We're in the process of being changed, right? We're in that process of being transformed. He's going to complete it. And it really does matter because that transformation that Jesus offers through the death on the cross the forgiveness of sins is real and it's meant to transform us. And this is what Paul says in Galatians 6, 14 and 15. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. Before I go to the next slide, that is one of my favourite verses in the Bible for this reason. I would love that to be what I say. I've just lost interest in the world. That stuff, you know, it, it's not what I need. I need Jesus. We know that's true, don't we, as we look around? Jesus really is the answer, honestly. Like, and, and my head does get messed up a little bit at times when I'm thinking about things and I'm like, honestly, I've never seen so much effort on mental health for young people, well-being in schools, counselling, anti-bullying, all this sort of stuff, and yet the statistics show time and time and time again, kids are more depressed, needing more help than ever. Let me tell you what's wrong. If I was selling a product and I said, this is going to cure your headache, you took it and you're never cured of a headache, what would you say? There's something wrong with that product, right? I keep getting headaches. There is something wrong with how we are dealing with things in that space. Why are kids more depressed? Why are they more anxious when they've got more help than ever? I'm just saying. <laughs> that we need to think very carefully about what the answer is because we, even as Christians, begin to sway our way of thinking to what the world says. That's the answer. No, no, it's not. It may be. 
Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't get help. Absolutely get help. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is when we start to rely on the world's wisdom and never give ourselves over to God, we are on a losing battle. We're not going to make it. We're not going to complete it. We're not going to come out the other side without his help. Without his help. And the power of the gospel was exactly that in our lives. It's that, that ability to transform. You see, when I know who I am in Christ, and I'm really confident of that, a lot of those things fall away. I don't sit around thinking about myself. I start to realise God inside of me, changing who I am, giving me confidence, growing me. I become so secure that, that I'm loved and, and I'm so secure that I've got an eternal inheritance. I'm so secure that I have an eternal destination. And the second part of that that I liked was that the world's lost interest in me. I love that. <laughs> I've lost interest in the world, but totally the world doesn't get me. I'm not interested in Jesus. I'm so convinced of the message of the cross that those that are trying to manipulate and change me and mould me, they've just given up. I can't change him. I can't get them to sin. I can't get them to be lovers of money. I can't change them. What, what's going on? Oh, forget it. Wouldn't you love to be that Christian? The people have given up trying to change you. They don't offer you drugs anymore because they know you're not going to take them. You've changed. You've been transformed. They stop inviting you out to the nightclubs because they know you're not coming. They've lost interest in you. It's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Let's keep going, the next slide of Galatians 6, 14 and 15. It doesn't matter whether we've been circumcised or not, what counts is this, whether we have been transformed into a new creation. Transformation is what God is looking for in our lives, right? What, what, is, what is really being said here? We're not talking really necessarily about circumcision. What I'm saying is this. It is not about the legal requirement. It's not about meeting what you feel you need to meet, you know, whatever that is in your Christian life. Because there's a lot of people that can meet those outward things very easily. You know, I can go to a prayer meeting and have a, a heart full of hate. You can. I can come here on a Sunday morning to meet that obligation and be bitter against someone I can give my money to the church and still be selfish and have wrong motives and so this is the heart of the gospel for us salvation for us was never about 
us meeting all the rules, the requirements of what we think it is to be a good person. It's never been about that. It's about this handing of ourselves over to the one who is the potter, allowing him to dig into our heart, to expand us out so that we have room for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives so that what's happening now I'm not trying to meet any rules I'm being transformed from the inside out by the power of God working in my life that's what it's about it's not about show it's not about outward appearance it's about are you still living the way you used to live? Are you still being controlled by your emotions? Are you still walking in hatred? Are you still walking without God's peace in your life? And you're attending church, you're doing the right things, you're helping somewhere, you're serving. And we like, that's great, I love it. Serve, please serve, please give, please do, please come, please do all those things. But I don't think God's looking for that, just that. That should be a result of what's happened inside, not trying to make the inside happen or to impress someone or fool someone, be a fake Christian. It's always been about what's happened here. Because of all the things that we're meant to guard, the Bible says, guard your heart above all else. Because out of it flows everything of life, the issues of life. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Father God, that you have given us the opportunity to let your hands shape our lives. This morning I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill each and every vessel in this place with your love, that, Father God, there would be an inner transformation that, that results in an outward experience, Father God, for others that look at us and see that flow of the Holy Spirit out of our lives. This morning I thank you for that. And I pray, God, that there would not be one person here today that is not touched by your Holy Spirit, Father God, even now as we sit here, that, Lord, you would just reveal to us what you want us to know and that we would yield ourselves to you as the potter, that we would be the clay that allows the potter's hand to shape us into who we really are. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it may be that this morning you're sitting here and you've never even given your life to Jesus. You've never thought that I need him. You are wrong. You need Jesus. The Bible says that <laughs> it's given to a man to live and then die, basically. You live once, you die. But on the other side of that is now what we have in Jesus Christ, which is new life, that eternal salvation, that trip to heaven, the forgiveness of sin, 
We need Jesus. You're wrong if you think you don't need Jesus. You need him because you need your sins forgiven. You need his love in your life. And this morning I, I would say to you, there's another verse that says, today is a day of salvation. This is the day that you have been given an opportunity if you're here and you're not a Christian. Why are you even in church? God wants you here. He's appointed it that you might hear a message of love of God and of his salvation and now there's a choice you're making. Do I believe or not? Do I give my life to him or not? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you should make that choice. Will you get other opportunities? I don't know. You might not. You might. But why don't you take the one that's, that's here right before you today to ask Jesus into your life, to, to ask for his forgiveness so that you can be saved, that you can be part of God's family. I'm just going to pray. If that's you this morning, I just ask you to pray with me. And if you're with a friend who's a Christian, say, hey, I prayed with that guy at the front. Tell me about Jesus. Can I come with you to your connect group? Can I, you know, can we hang out sometimes and learn more about God? Otherwise, if you're here with nobody else, come up and see me. I'll be here after the service while we're singing and I'll just be hanging around for a little while afterwards as well. Come and see me. Say you prayed or, you know, we'll get the elders can come up to pray for people who come up. Prayer, prayer team. Maybe this is the day when you're sitting there and um, you know that you haven't given God your life. For you who are Christians who are bold, that have been here for a while, you should come up the front and get prayed for. Pray for a re refilling of the Holy Spirit or you know, he's obviously filled you. You've got the Holy Spirit, but that filling again, filling again, as Alison talked about last week, maybe that's you. You come up forward. But for those who, who want to invite God into their life right now, I'm just going to pray. You pray with me. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus. I ask right now that you'll forgive me of my sin. I thank you that Jesus died on the cross for me that he died and he rose again so that I can have new life. I am sick of the way I've been living. Come in, take away my pain, take away my addictions, Father God. Take away my emptiness and fill me with your spirit right now, I pray in Jesus' name.